I don't know oh, where yeah. he filmed it, but uh, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I tell you, there you are. Hey, the, the search for content never it's, ends. Uh, it's ne- it never ends. It never ends. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Blue Abroad Show. It is Monday, the 13th of February, 2023. I'm your host, Terry. I've got the POM with me. Player previews continue. Blue Abroad Show is a month to go to the season. Pommy. Are you ready for the shitstorm or what, mate? Mate, I was born ready. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, 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 mate, I, I'm ready for whatever the world throws on me. So no, I'm looking forward to it. We've got what? 10 days till the practice game. So you're not there, are you? I am not there. So the fans of this show, I've roped Lackdog into doing a review of the game with me. So he's going to be at the game with me. So come and say hello. You'll be able to find us. I'll be the loud, obnoxious English guy. And Lekdog has got the dome that you can see from space. So you should be able to uh, find us. <laughs> no offense, Lek, if you're watching. I love you. Why are you going to do Lekdog like that? He's like, he's, uh, why are you going to do him like that? The great man. <laughs> hey, it's all, it's all we've love. It's all we've love. It is all in love. Uh, hey, everyone. we got Toby got here. Toby, Paul, Mr. Itchy, Bugs. Christian, Lou, Jay, Chris, another Jay, and another Chris. Good evening. Good evening. Good to have you here. You know what it's going to be tonight. Tonight on the show, we're going to go through the next batch of player previews. We've got six. Depending on how long it takes to get through the six, we may add another one. We'll see. Um, We're going to play the goals game, the higher or lower goals game, and try and beat our top score from last week, which was 15. And also in the show tonight, I'm pretty excited about this. I'm going to be posting a link to the 2023 Blue Abroad season launch. It is happening. It is organized. It is happening. And I'm going to give you some details about that later. Those of you who are watching this show tonight will be the first to see the link and have the first opportunity to actually purchase tickets for it. So uh, stay tuned for that or have more information about what you can expect and who's going to be there and special guests that are going to be there, past player slash players. Um, Pommy may be there. We hope to I see Pommy. Yeah. I've never missed a season Blue Abroad event. That's true. That's true. Um, so lots of fun. Lots of fun to be had uh, as we kick off. I think it's 31 days today, maybe 30. I think it's 31 days until until round one. So it's really getting real. We're, we're in that uh, in that month range. Pommy, like you said, practice match in, in, in 10 days. Um, and then what is it? It's just the emotional roller coaster of the unknown, the highs, the lows, the whole lot. It's We almost submit ourselves to the completely uncontrollable for, for no reason other than love. And everyone gets to watch the emotions live. So you get to share with it. You'll get to see the excitement, the the misery, the anger, no doubt. There'll be some new swear words learned halfway through the season on watch-alongs. Exciting time, isn't it? Because it, 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 I don't know about anyone else, but this off-season feels like it's dragged. And I don't know if that's because there's quite a bit of expectation this year that we're not going to be shit. I think they've proved enough last year that we are going to be in and around the eight worst case scenario. So feels like it's dragged because there is actually something bona fide to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. I think I had my 
it, it's pretty much the same. It's been the same every year for me personally, since really starting to create content around, around the club and, and all of that, you get to, I think the first few years, it was still excitement because I was, you know, still grinding and hustling and day-to-day activity and whatever. And then I think over the last few years, pretty much since the YouTube channel started, you get, I was getting to the end of the season being a little bit burnt out, questioning, am I really doing this? Am I going to do this again? And then realizing why I do it. And then once you reaffirm the why, everything else falls from there. But I would say probably to that period of like three to four weeks ago for about a fortnight, I was kind of like waiting for the bug to come. And then I think over the last week or so, it started to come. You know, I've gotten to the the open training sessions started to feel more real and conversations, the papers in the morning, you go to a cafe, you see the front page, you see some things. About it. So yeah, I think, I think once, um, once that practice match starts and then we're, you know, less than 15 days, for example, away from round one and then buying tickets for round one, I think then um, we blow the lid off and then mate, it is on for young and old. It is on. It, it's definitely exciting. I mean, Doing my own channel as well, where we cover a broad wedge of AFL. I think what's got me excited this year is, for the first time probably ever, as a Carlton fan and uh, as a content creator, looking at the opposition, going in depth and actually legitimately believing we can have these guys. We we can beat these guys. And then realizing that that's like 12 teams, 13 teams, and thinking, well, that's top six, top five. Like So there... I do feel this season's a bit different. There's kind of an excitement, but not too excited because it's fraudulent. More, it actually feels like we're going to see something we've all longed for. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I just, I guess, yeah, we were so close. I just want to relive walking to the MCG for a final. You know, I remember it so clearly in 2011 and and 2013 as well. And this, you know, saying that might sound crazy to a lot of you watching right now because maybe for a lot of you, you've seen premierships, let alone one final. But this group in particular, knowing where they've come from, knowing all we've lived through, knowing, you know, even all the way back from 2016, all the failures, you you just hope it comes together for a really good run at it this year and, you know, that, that excitement is the thing I really remember the most. The the excitement and the nerves pre-final going and, and, you know, we're already a pretty tight-knit bunch when it comes to, like, loving the club. So to be walking next to people that you've never met and connecting and, you know, hopefully winning that final and, and, and you, you know, anything can happen. But first and foremost, we've got to win enough games. We've got to do a lot of work to get done. I don't want to assume finals, but, yeah, it's great. It's going to happen. I mean... It's a, I mean, my mindset now is time to talk is cheap. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You, you finish ninth. Next logical step is making the final. So let's get it done. I, I, I can't wait to ride this wave. And I'm sure everyone in chat will agree with me. It's not going to be easy. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. Carlton don't do it easy. We ain't going to win 23 games on the spin, feet up by the by. You know, there's going to be a twist at some point. There'll be a few turns, but. All in all, it's going to be fun though, isn't it? It's going to be fun. Yeah, it is. I want to give a little shout out to Adrian Sell on Twitter. Now, he sent me a little package throughout the week. He sent me these. So they are Kool-Aid sachets. Now, I've got four of them. So I need to use these very carefully 
I don't want to use these all up in round one, but I think this will be a nice little prop for the fan cams. Uh, so those of you watching now who do tune into the fan cams, there's going to be four opportunities to pour Kool-Aid. We're going to limit Jesus. it. That's limited. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a war on? That's rationed, is it not? Yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, I don't want to use them. I think four is a nice number. I don't want to use too, them too many times, but I think there'll be certain wins where we pour, pour a little bit of Kool-Aid and then there'll be, do we win after we pour the Kool-Aid? So if we don't, I'll never I'll never drink it again. I, I, so. I think the big thing, and you haven't talked about it, Terry, because you're probably too modest, so I'll be eager. But I think... Since the internet generation, we've seen a lot of sides win the flag. And this is no disrespect to the sides that have documented it. Um, Caden did a wonderful job, but he was he's very mild mannered, Caden. Do you know what I mean? When Carlton win a flag, I ain't gonna be studying my TV clapping. You know what I mean? I'm probably gonna smash my neighbor's house up live stream. But um this is gonna be the first time something like this is documented. So what is exciting for someone like Carlton? is I see a lot of guys saying 95 and the flag, and you remember it. We've only got the stories. It's almost like a barroom tale. It's like hearing my pop talk about the war. It's hard to kind of envision it. What is exciting for the, the, us is 20, 30 years' time, we're going to have the rebuild all documented on this channel. Then there was more channels around. You're going to be able to literally show your grandkids what it was like when they're like, oh, what, counting was shit. Yeah, yeah, watch this. This is us losing by 100 points to GWS with 12 people on the field. Like, it's going to be great to actually look back and we actually see it from our eyes, not the media's eyes, which I think is something super exciting. I can't wait to go back when we're in the finals and just humble myself by watching you and me trying to convince the nation Carlton are a chance against Pot. Like, I can't wait. Or that Liam Stocker was going to be the next Luke Hodge. Yeah, or my famous quote, come on, everyone, Peter Laddams, he's shithouse. And he ended up having, like, what, 55 hitouts and kick four goals. Can't wait to watch all these quality moments. It's great. It is great. Now, it will be special. We are going to have the whole thing documented whenever it happens. It's going to happen whenever it does. So the most important thing for those of you watching right now is to get onto YouTube, hit subscribe, and don't miss out on any of the notifications that come when a new video is posted. You can stay up to date with absolutely everything there is to be up to date with with the Carlton Football Club. And yeah, where you know it's it's an honor. This is really this this all really is. I say it, I've said it a lot, and it might sound repetitive, but it's true. It's it's not a um it's not a right to be hosting this stuff and talking like this. It, it is it is a privilege. So um, thank you very much to everybody who's involved and um, and everybody who does support. So. Um, that was yeah. a smooth transition from my little story as well, Terry. Like and subscribe. That was that was fluid. You like that? <laughs> oh, mate. Um, so if Carlton can transition the football as smooth as you did that, we might win the flag this year, I tell you. I've got some tricks up my sleeve. Uh, the other <laughs> thing as well, I will note, we were going to do... Well, let's go back one step. Speaking of the journey, something came up on my um, homepage on YouTube today. And I've actually noticed it over the last few weeks, and I don't know. What, I know why it might be happening, but old videos, old fan cams are starting to pop up on my recommended page, which tells me that they're trending. And then I look at the analytics and I have a look at the views in the last hour. And usually for videos years ago, it would say one, maybe two. 
I checked out the round 12 or 13 fan cams against GWS away. Um, and um, it was on my, my, um, it was on my, my homepage. I had to click through, man, we were morbid. We were morbid. We were terrible. I sometimes consider myself a really well-rounded and calm individual. And uh, it's always humbling just to go back and watch any count and loss and just watch the fan cam. Do you know what I mean? Just as, as soon as I watch myself on one of them fan cams, I realize, yeah, I'm not the most uh, rational human being I'm up on. That was the night you were like, take your fucking club back. <laughs> mate, the, mate, honestly, when, when I've been angry, I think there's been some better quotes than when I've not been angry. Yeah, it's true. All right, let's get into it. Let's start with the player previews. Let's do this. Number 31, Harry Lemmy. Pommy, you're probably going to carry the first few here. Harry Lemmy, number 31, the new Harry, the new forward in at the club. This is exciting because we know Harry and Charlie are there and they're really hitting their prime now. So this is a really exciting proposition for a young key forward to come in and just learn. So what are your what are your thoughts on Harry Lemmy for this year? Harry Lemmy is an intriguing one because I went back and did a bit of re research on this one that this time it was actually it was in November. So on the last draft class, um Cal Toomey released his 10 to watch. This guy featured seventh. Harry Lemmy did. So top 10 talent. Um on mine at this stage, I had him 16th. So I had him third best forward in the draft. Uh, and then he's kind of been very unlucky because the club that he played for, uh, unfortunately for him, um, they had massive injury difficulties at West Adelaide. They brought in a lot of toes and he actually ended up going down the back um, due to having a an early season illness. So Scully and Co jumped him. But this guy here is somewhere between Harry and Kerno in the way he plays. He's got the overhead prowess of Harry Mackay. It's very similar. Takes them grabs, loves them contested stuff. But he's got that high athleticism of Kerno. So it's kind of like they've had some kind of vulgar baby almost. Obviously very raw though. But this kid here is, you could argue, him or Scully will probably be the steal of the draft because I think one of them will make it at the big level. And the advantage for this guy here is he's working with two of the best young key forwards in the comp. Not only that, but he's playing with two of the best under 25 key defenders in the comp every day at training. So he's got it there. The big question marks from a lot of the scouts was, is he competitive? Um, that comes from the reports at West Adelaide that he almost kind of volunteered to go down the back so he could play, which maybe has a bit of a question mark. I could see it this way, that he's the team player and he's willing to learn a different role. So I'll have to, have to wait and see. But for the first time ever, this is a proper draftee where if we don't see him this year, that's brilliant because it means Harry and Charlie are fully fit. If we don't see him next year, even better. Harry and Charlie are fully fit. This guy now, along with the Hudson Keith signing, means Calton can do something proper in development, play two key forwards in VFL, and play to Ruckman. So Lemmy now, no pressure on him, but very talented kid. And he does catch the eye when he plays. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised to see Cartwin have a flutter with him down the back as well, because he was very impressive for West Adelaide when he went down the back. 
there's a few things when I think of Lemmy, you touched on one of them, the, the quality that he is training with and against. So the two Coleman medalists and arguably, you know, two of the hottest forwards in the league right now and for the next little bit of time. And then obviously playing on great defenders in, I think Jacob Wiedering is a great defender. I think Lewis Young is really on his way to becoming a great defender. Um, there is a real mature backline there for him to play against and learn off. Um, so there's that. And then there's the other thing. I think I've learned over this journey, you know, there was a notion that I'll oh, give, a, give a kid two to three preseasons to really emerge. And then I think of Harry and I think of Charlie. Charlie's hard because he obviously got injured and missed, you know, a lot of time. But Harry's journey, he didn't play at all in his first year. I remember he had like the back issues. I think he played his first game against the Lions. I believe it was his second year. Um, but really, when you think about it, it was Harry's like last year, he really emerged as, I mean, he won the Coleman medal, obviously, but sorry, the year before, um, he won the Coleman medal. Maybe the year before is when you can say he was ready to play. So that's, you know, five to six preseason. So when I look at Harry Lemmy, I'm like, all right, what is the pathway forward? How do, how do I look at this as a fan? I don't want to put any pressure on him. Just let him get there. Let him learn the craft. Let him learn how to be a professional. He's going to have his shortcomings over the next few years. But really, it's it's a it's a four, maybe five preseason type prospect. Touch wood, no injury before he's really, hopefully, ready to seriously contribute to the team. Mate, and you know what is scary as well? Is you've talked about the pathway. This gentleman here is 10 kgs heavier. He has a higher muscle mass index than Harry when he was drafted. So, wow. so 10 kgs of, of muscle between these guys. Let that sink in. Harry was 85 kegs on his draft day. This guy was 95 kegs on his draft day. So this guy's a lot bigger built. That's almost a, a reflection of how the juniors train now. You look at the juniors, even in my time of covering the draft, they're starting to look more and more like men every year. Do you know what I mean? Gone are the days where you look and you think, Jesus, he looks like a little kid. Now they look like young men. They've got beards. They've got facial hair. They've got it all going on. He's a big boy. I, I agree with you, though. This guy, if we see him today, that's a worry. But we're finally in a position like a proper football club that we can lock this guy away and totally forget about him for two years. And he isn't in the Harry or the Charlie mode where it's like, is he ready this week? Is he ready this week? Making him do them extra sessions, breaking down. We can wean him through. And the wonderful thing about Harry that's not been talked about is he played third tall. So think 202 centimetres, 95 wow. kegs. He's incredibly quick as well. And it's funny, Austin seems to have, we know Jay Sauce, um, Sauce was a sucker for anyone over 200 centimetres. He, he just used to love drafting them. And he was always interested in trading for them. This Nick Austin seems to have a penchant for tall, quick players, really quick. And this guy here isn't a slouch when he runs either. So very interesting with Hudson and this guy. Very similar facets have been incredibly tall, incredibly quick. So all in all, the reports from West Adelaide, we know I was a Tom Scully fan, so I spent a lot of time checking West Adelaide out is this kid is a sponge when he learns. He's very willing to do it. And he comes from West Adelaide, who are one of the few clubs in state football juniors who have a full-time kicking technique coach. So if you get a chance to go and see it, check his kicking technique out. He's he, he could probably teach Harry a thing or two. He's got a very fluid, 
repeatable action. And that's something that West Adelaide really pride themselves on. You watch Scully, you watch Lemmy. It's a repeatable, repeatable action as well. So something that will hold up in pressure as well, but no pressure on him. It's great. Yeah, all, right. all the best to him. We we just hope for him to be healthy, really. That's the main thing. All good with the $80 super sticker. Thank you very much, kind sir. Very much appreciated. Um, next up is Jackson Beans. I don't know if the same... I don't know if the same rhetoric goes for Jackson Beans, but he's number 32, obviously a smaller player, a wing-type player. He's fast. He's got endurance. He's got some nice tricks. Um, I don't really know how to place expectation on Jackson Beans. For me, it's pretty much not dissimilar to Harry Lemmy for this year. It's just he may get an opportunity early. He may be ready to, to provide a spark in the midfield, touch wood, if there are bulk injuries. Um, but from what I've seen at open training, he, he looks like he's enjoying himself out there and um, nothing too out of this world from my point of view, my vantage point. But Pommy, what do you know about young Jackson? I'll tell you what, 2015 will be regarded as the sauce draft. When we win a flag, 2023 will be the POM draft. Binzi, one of one of the boys, one of the boys, um, a, a beautiful kid and one that it's very interesting. I always think this is a big thing with draftees. When you speak to draftees and you ask them who stood out for them, and nearly nine out of ten Victorians that I spoke to mentioned Binzi. It, wow. it was straight away as well. It wasn't a thought process. It was Binzi um, for his level of consistency, his hunger, and you've only got to watch him play, particularly when he played when he played at state level how impressive this kid is because it's not just his running where Ollie Holland stands out. It's the running patterns, how he works, how he looks to create opportunities. And he's got balls of steel when he kicks as well. He isn't scared to take the dangerous kick on. So people who complain about Carlton don't look to the corridor. Binzi only knows one way and that's the quickest way to go incredible ball accumulator and it's not talked about enough that the wing was his predominant position but where he had the most impact was high half forward so he's only 182 he's small but they the the break glass in case of emergency at club level was fling him at high half forward and it was get the ball out to him and it was kind of like watching Walsh when he plays at half forward because he just takes the game on and he's he delays that pass long enough to get his key forward out in the open He's going to be a guy that I think no one talks about at Carlton. And then you'll just see him and you'll be like, Jesus, this kid's good. Because I think from the eye, as an AFL-ready footballer, one that will stand out, Ollie Hollands won't get the love he deserves because he's a winger. And Carlton fans will forget about him quite quickly, I think, just given the history with wingers. Mm. I think this one will, will really excite people because... He's he's basically what Cottrell brings and then some, and then some extra X-factor talent. He's a very, very sharp footballer. If he was asked to play, what would you say about that? If he was asked to play this year, like, is, it, is it just more of a couple of games he could fill in? Not so different to what Jack Carroll did last year? I think just knowing his attitude, he's going to be one of them guys that if I was, say, a Matty Cottrell and I got injured, I'd be worried if this kid was picked for me because I'll tell you what, Binzi is hungry. He won't give that space up. And he is one of them players that he he's not going to be overawed. Looking at how Binzi has played his junior career, he isn't scared 
to stand out and he's not scared to take risks. And if he can hone that into AFL and step up to AFL, I, I tell you what, this guy could shock you and come in round 18 and stay there and make it very hard. So got a bit of work to do body size, but again, him and Hollands, the way they play football, it doesn't matter that they're probably five, six kgs lighter than they need to be because their evasiveness, their speed and their quick thinking is sensational. And this is probably the first draft Carlton have ever drafted where they've drafted football IQ as well. Like these guys are natural footballers. So right. I'm excited about this kid. This 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 kid could be quite something special. And he plays a position that's traditionally probably the easiest to be drafted for. Okay. Well, I look forward to seeing what he does this year. Number 33, Lewis Young. <laughs> Wasn't this one a surprise last year? He, it's arguably one of the one of the steals of, of last year's movements, player movements, he quickly became one of the most important pieces to the back line. He quickly, you know, very quickly became that for us. I remember, <laughs> I think I put him in tier four last year in the, the tier maker. I hadn't watched him at the dogs. He was sort of not out of favor. He just hadn't broken in consistently enough. We lost Liam Jones, and I remember thinking, no matter what Lewis Young does this year, there's no way he's going to be able to fill the void of, of Liam Jones. And I was okay with that, and I was patient with that. And I remember his first five games thinking, all right, well, a drop-off is coming at some point. I don't really recall a, a bad game that he played where I was like, oh, God, he's so out of his depth. And I think that's a real credit to him, the way he applied himself, also knowing – that was his first year with the group. So you would you would assume that he's more comfortable now at the club. Uh, he certainly found his place there. You know, the hope is that he's obviously fit and healthy and had a consistent block of training and done all the sessions in preseason and not lost the spark and the motivation and the hunger. This guy, mate, he's he's our he's our number two. He is our second most important or best defender that we have right now because he's obviously available consistently as well. Mate, and one of the understated things is you've got to remember, before he played, everyone had um, Oscar McDonald as number one. Uh, for them first two games, that looked like was the case. It was McDonald. Everyone was crying about Liam Jones. Um, we showed faith in Lewis Young, though, on this show. I do remember we both had him in our 22 over Oscar, and he got in. He finally got in. And since then, only two players in the AFL last year, based on more than 10 games played, played 99% of the game on the ground. One of them is this guy, and one of them is Cal Wilkie. So that just shows how durable Lewis Young is. And that's a lot of game time. 99% on average game time on ground. Shows wow. the engine of him, shows how important he is when Vossi moves them pillars round because Lewis Young was the stopgap. Number one in 1% in as well, one of the biggest and most overlooked stats for key defenders is their 1%ers, and he was number one in the comp for it. A guy that probably went from the cast-off to the doggies to stone cast-iron selection for Vossi is this guy, and it shows you what's possible out there and what is exciting, and people forget about this, Lewis Young... He's very early in his career. He's only 24 years old. Wheatering and him are potentially a decade-long partnership, and we've seen historically in the AFL, the longer key defenders and key forwards play together, the better they become. So 
very scary that these two could be the pillars could be a decade long and that's a very ominous proposition for opposition fans yeah i mean you said it there he's 24 years old he's 201 centimeters 100 kilos he ranked elite for spoils with 10 a game last season he's long he's athletic he gets he had this ability that i noticed i think it was the hawthorne game where it really stood out and then i you know was uh, put at ease with him being there and in terms of trusting him and his ability to stay in the side and impact. He has this really unique ability that very few have because he's so long and athletic at the same time as a defender. Um, he can almost give a forward a, a little bit more space than what most defenders will because he, he knows he's going to catch up with his closing speed and his length. And he, has, he had forwards a lot of the time thinking that they had a clear mark at the ball or a clear run at the ball. And his timing on his spoils was 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 really impressive. So for me, it's just more of the same for Lewis. Stay doing exactly what he did last year. I'm not really expecting him to be a super duper star, an all-Australian caliber player. I'm not saying he's not capable of potentially getting there, but if he gives us what he gave us in 2022 and stays consistent and durable and fit and healthy, he plays his role, does his thing. Mate, and I think I, I think the big thing with him, I I really enjoy about him is you talked about his spoiling. It's his ability that when he hits, when he gets the spoil and the ball hits the deck, he's working incredibly hard to stop people getting to the fall of the ball. He backs that up by being a body. Invariably, when you watch the doggies and when you watch the last two games where he was just under ten intercepts and he was spoiling like a mentalist as well, when we were backs to the wall. You see the amount of times he creates space for Saad from his own spoil. He's there and he's stopping people get to that ball. He's trying to impact. And you don't get stats for that, unfortunately, but that is a man that is very in tune with what his skills are. And it's a great combination, him and Wheatering. And something that I think long-term, we're going to look and go, Jesus, that was a cracking deal that we lost Liam Jones. And the question was always, who replaces Liam Jones? Who's on the list? He's coming to the end of the career. By luck, we actually found an improvement for our system. So I love Lewis. And when everyone cries about injuries, I know it's easy to cry about injuries, being a Carlton fan. If you want for injuries, you may have never seen this kid. Do you know what I mean? You, you may have just seen four or five games from him. And But this kid here, proof, what Weirin said last week, holds, create opportunity, it's up to someone to take them. So who is the next Lewis Young on our list? He's going to get that opportunity a wee bit earlier than he planned and suddenly be this time next year we're talking about them. Is that a Cowan? Is that whoever it is that we're saying, tell you what, Zach Williams got injured. Thank God he did because this guy's become a superstar for us. So Lewis Young, great example for the boys. Yeah, I think he is one of a few examples where me and we – as fans can get a little short-sighted because we're, we think we've got it figured out based off what happens last year. I mean, the narrative is so unpredictable. The Charlie Curnow narrative never will be the same again, never will play in the same way again. The Sam Doherty narrative, the Lewis Young narrative, the whole, the void, you know, right now we're struggling. Oh, Zach Williams, ACL, Markov, we missed out on that. Like there's so many narratives that come and go. Uh, and that's why it's important to not get too sucked into the moment and get too emotional in the moment, which we're all working on it. 
we're, we've improved from where we used to be and we'll get better as, as we go on. But yeah, I think this is another reminder that you just never know what silver lining is around the corner when there's a little bit of trouble. 100%. I, 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 even, even I like Lewis Young when we got him. I thought he was impressive at the doggies. I didn't think he'd be as good as he was last year. And he, he was really someone that started more than okay, probably a six out of 10, but he seemed to grow into that role as well. And by the end, I felt like the last five games in particular, Lewis Young had been playing for us for 10 years. It felt like yeah. every time that ball came in and I quickly look and see who's there, you see Lewis Young under it. You kind of breathe a sigh of relief. You're like, it's all right, he's got this. Young, young are eating him all day. And that is just shows you the levels of maybe that's maybe something out in the building. That's maybe the proof our culture's good, that these players are coming in and they're hitting the ground running now. They're not oh, give it 10 years. This guy hit the ground running because he had faith and the, the team had faith in him. Yeah. I think also it goes to show when you have a clear system, an organized coaching group um, and roles and responsibilities are communicated to and empowered to in a really clear way. So um, good on him. Good luck to him. Hopefully he stays healthy and, and has a, another great year and, you know, we love Lewis. He's a, he's he's definitely become a quick fan favorite. There's no doubt about that. I believe he's a certified bestie as well. I do. Mm. Um, shout out to Jasmina and Tori. I do believe he's one of yours. So uh, there you are. Lewis Bestie Young, we'll call yes. him from now on. Can confirm he is a bestie and can confirm. I think the besties are launching tomorrow. I believe there may be an episode in the cards. If they're in the chat, reveal yourselves, besties. And, I've heard uh, of Bloomer. Yeah, I heard a bloomer. <laughs> um, next up is Sam Philp. This is obviously um, not, an, uh, not a, a positive preview given that Sam has hurt himself again and finds himself on the... Is he on the long-term injury list? Did we do that? Yeah, it, looks, yeah. it appears that he has from all reports, two of them. But, I mean, this is probably the sad part where Zach Williams probably has enough credits in the bank to survive a season out and obviously he's still under contract he'll walk straight back in next year pre-season training and the hype will go unfortunately it looks like this guy will probably not be on the books and will probably now have to face his rehab knowing that he's probably looking at state level football this is one that just never got going and it shows you the nature of the draft probably took him 10, 15, 20 picks too early as well, based on what was there. Um, great skill set, but it just shows how cruel this game is because his, his, his skill was his feet, his speed. And unfortunately, how many injuries can this kid have at this age? It looks like it's going to be one of them state-level things now, and hopefully we see him in some shape or form back in the AFL. It would be nice for him to be on the VFL side and give him that shot at the Blues. We know Carlton like to do that with Parks and maybe look at the second chance in a year or so. But unfortunately, these are 10 a penny in the draft and this is the nature of the beast now. We're a proper football club. You can find 30, 40 Sam Phillips from pick 25 to 55. Yeah. I mean, the, his journey is a really interesting one. And also, you're right, it is a reminder. It's it's a It's a reminder of the realities of the sport just doesn't always go your way in the early days. And I don't know what the journey forward looks like for Sam, but you know, 
fingers crossed for him. Fingers crossed he gets on top of it. Um, you know, and fingers crossed he, you know, finds a way back into the fold. I don't want to write him off completely yet, but I, I do take your point. You know, you get to the end of the year, you know, you can find a, a draft day unless there is a genuine belief that Philp will become something really special. Um, but I, I look at him again without having watched too much of him. I look at him in a similar way to what I, what I look at Dave Cunningham. You know, a bit of X factor, bit of speed, bit of pace, bit of burst. Um, and similarly to Dave Cunningham, he's probably finds himself just injured too often, too early. Um, I think Cunners have probably strung together a few seasons of consistent footy early in his in his career, so it is a bit different there. But you know. Good luck to him. Fingers crossed. Well, I mean, he, I mean, he's played what two games for the club. Uh, he had that debut goal against Saint Kilda. I remember it well. Um, few flashes of brilliance in that game, which feels like a lifetime ago. But I mean, he's done something that the one percent do. He's played yeah. elite level football. I'm sure that's no True. consolidation for him today. But I, I just, can't, I think where Cunningham has credits in the bank, he's played a few games. Do you know I mean, we're basing this on two games and a lot of injuries. He played last year and he could never quite get in from the VFL to the, to, to the AFL. And injuries plagued him. Just maybe one of them things where there is signs where players have gone to the VFL and that's no degrading thing. Going there for a year and two, get his body right and coming in. But do you know what I mean? Looking at the picks, I mean, it was pick 20. Do you know what I mean? And I remember Devin Robertson being available and thinking, come on. Do you know what I mean? Thompson Dow was after. He's played 13 games. Do you know what I mean? Devin Robertson's played 25 games. Do you know what I mean? You look at this area here and a lot of these players now around there. Sam DeConing was the pick before. He's a staple now of Geelong. Thompson is, is precipice. Richmond best 22. Devin Robertson, he's in, in amongst it there. Harry Schoenberg, do you know what I mean? He's really nailed down his place. You get some gems in 20 to 30. It is the risk, but Carlton did take him probably 15 to 25 spaces early. Most draft boards, even ones that Sam Phillips' dad did, having had him in 30s. Do you know what I mean? So he was taken early, but that just shows where sometimes you get it totally wrong. Do you know what I mean? It's it's not it's not a preferred science. Sometimes you take a gut and it works out. Sometimes you don't back your gut and you regret it. So that's just one of them things. Do you know what I mean? That is one of them things. You can't get it right, but wish him well. I mean, do I yeah. think he'll stay on though? I don't. I really don't. I think, I don't mean nasty, but I was very surprised when we took him at the time. I think them kind of project players, it was half a midfielder, half a forward. They're 10 a penny from pick 30 to 40. Do you know what I mean? Carlton would be better served picking an 18-year-old up. Like a Binzi, he's a very similar mould. Look where Binzi got picked up versus this guy. You've got that chance. So maybe a VFL thing, though. I'd love it, what we're doing with our VFL. We're bringing these players in and giving them a chance at AFL level. So I think that could serve him well. Go into the VFL, look after himself. You never know, mid-season draft. You come back raring after a season in VFL. Good luck to him, though. But it's, yeah. it's sad, man. We're talking about someone's career. Correct, correct. So, the, the, it's you know, we are, you know, talking about it from a business point of view, but you're right. There is a human element to it as well. So, got to balance out that. So, good luck to Sam. Fingers crossed. Um, 
Number 35, Ed Kerno. Tell you what, talk about a guy that's been written off by the supporter base. Uh, Ed stays on the list. He's the he's the senior head there and missed all of last year through injury, which was not really has not been a feature of his career. He's been a really durable player. And I will just remind everybody Ed's story. So he was drafted in 2000. Oh, hang on. He debuted in 2011. Uh, it says here he's draft. He was drafted pick 89 via in 2013 by the rookie elevation. So he he's a guy. Well, you look at you look. Sam Filt looks at it, any any player really. Look at a guy like Ed Kerno and the and the career he's been able to forge out. You know he's played 204 games. Uh, I I think it was I had no issue with Ed staying on the list this year. I know there was a lot of talk last year around give it to a kid, give it to a kid. I think a lot goes into a list. A lot more goes into a list. I think sometimes we can get a little short-sighted of, oh, if they're not in the best 22, then they're no good for us on the list. But I think a footy club is made up of more than just players that are in your best 22. You know, you, you, you need culture guys. You know, there's the basketball reference of locker room guy. I feel like Ed plays this role for us at the club as, as, a, as a football club. I think Ed plays this very well. And then there's the argument, oh, we'll make him a development coach. It's not the same. It's not the same. Well, I mean, I think when people say, Darling, there's a couple of rumours that have gone around. One of them was in pre-season, this was part of Charlie Kerno's contract. <laughs> I want to dispel that. I can't tell you how I know that, but that is, I don't know where them rumours started, but that is, I think, I, just, it, I would be offended if I was Charlie, and I'd definitely be offended if I was Ed, if, that's a, if that rumour was going out, if that's what people thought of me as a big brother, and also thought of me as a baby brother. Ed's a very proud man. I'll tell you what, from speaking with Ed at functions, I can guarantee Ed would kick the curb. He would retire himself if he didn't seriously believe he could play elite level footy. And I don't even think he'd be ashamed as well. I think he'd be quite proud to piss off into the sunset as well. I don't think he'd he'd be bothered. He's got a lot of things on in Ed Colonel's life that are more important to him than footy. But... You look at it, and I'll say this. For those who are saying that, he's never going to play, right? Round 21, Carlton played Dow when we had an injury, and Hewitt missed out. Now, you're telling me Carlton versus, let's say, Carlton versus Sydney. Say it's round 18, 19, whoever we're playing. Let's just say that's happening. Carlton need to win to play finals, and you lose a player of Hewitt, Kennedy's ilk. Who do you want to play? Paddy Dow or Red Kerner? To win one wrong game. An wrong answer is Paddy Dow. If you're saying Paddy Dow, give your head a wobble. It's Ed Kerner. Ed Kerner all day long. All day long. All day long, that is. Because he's going to give you your job. He's a standard setter. For Jackson Bins to get into this team, Jack Carroll to get in as an on-baller, they've got to put Ed Kerner into retirement. If they can't put Ed Kerner into retirement... They're going to get battered by Clayton Oliver. I mean, they're yeah. going to get battered by Jack Viney. You've got to, he's the standard setter. Not only is he always top five of our, of, of our time trials, he's one of the hardest trainers. Every player mentions him. You've got to get above him to make the grade. And if you can't, that's a great standard setter this year for the Carlton. If you can't beat Ed Kerner as an 18 year old kid, Fuck off. 
because yeah. Ed Kerner will give everything. So I love it. And you know what? At the end of the day, he's 33 years old. The next oldest is human. And after that, you're talking about people who have been ID'd. Do you know what I mean? In pubs. It's true. I think the other thing, I probably haven't mentioned this in the training reports, but because it's a given, is that if you go to watch the open training and you watch Ed Kerno, he's one of, I think, I would say three players that I can think off the top of my head right now that really give a guy like Patrick Cripps something to think about in those one-on-one contests, in those 50-50 balls. You know, Ed was our tagger at, at, at some point in his career. Um, he's strong. He's got serious endurance. We know his running ability. And if we're, this is sort of similar to Plowman in, in, and what I'm saying is that, you know, it's, Ed's not probably going to be our first choice 22 player, but if you need, if you need four games out of 23 in a season where, you know, it's a, it's a tough sport, you know, you're probably going to need to manage Hewitt, manage Cripps, potentially uh, manage Doc, these guys. If you need four games in a year, and Ed Kerno is that guy giving you four games. Like it's it's not. He, I, I don't see Ed Kerno ever playing a game this year where I I leave the game saying, "Oh my god, he like he lost us the game." I, I just think, I just think we've lost a little bit of respect and appreciation for him. So, yeah, mate, mate, I'm with you. And I, I think if you look at little games, there's little indications that I can give you in what I think the thinking is. So if you look, and I don't want to pick on Paddy Dow, I'm just using him as an example because. He happens to be one of their midfield rotations. That probably is where Ed Kerno is. He's probably not the first five. He's probably coming in, though, when there's an injury or when there is something awry. But you look, we've we've Dow. Dow played about 60% of game time, and he was pure on the ball. And that said that Voss didn't have anywhere else to put him, which is fair enough. Dow, I think in his own admission, would just say he's one-dimensional. The reason that this works with Ed Kerner is Ed Kerner has the engine to play 100%, 80 minutes, 80% of the time on the ball. But also, he has played as a forward half tagger and he has been trialled by David Teague as well as a back half tagger as well. So you've got that rotation there as well. But also, it allows Kennedy to go high half forward. Things like that as well. Do you know what I mean? Ed Kerner is, you know, we always say square pegs round hole. He's like a Swiss army peg. Do you know what I mean? When If Voss has a little bit of an injury to a forward, he goes, right, okay, I can slot Hewitt half-back flank for 20 minutes. Ed Kerno on the ball. Kennedy can go forward of the ball. We'll switch them round after that. So I don't mind it. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I don't mind it. And also, if there is a couple of injuries, that brings Dow into it because Ed Kerno's job in VFL before he got injured was protecting him. And you saw Ed Kerno felt good. So I I like it. I really like the Ed Kernel thing. Is he going to play 22 games? Probably not. Is he good enough to play 22 games? I don't, I debate 33 isn't old. You've got Travis Boak at the moment. Do you know what I mean? Who Ken Hinckley's come out and said, I think he might win the BNF and what Travis Boak's older than time. And Ed Kernel's a fitness freak as well. Hmm. Yeah. He's fit and he's experienced, and it's going to be good to have him on the list if needed. So, um, love it. Finally, for this evening, number 36, Josh Honey. I kind of went into this show tonight when I was thinking about talking about Josh Honey saying, all right, are we kind of at that point now where it's like, what have you got for us, Josh? And then 
I'm reminded of his age. He's 21 years old. So um, we picked him up with uh, pick three in 2019 via the rookie elevation. Um, he has played 11 games. There is something there. It's not nothing. It's something. It's just a matter of unlocking it, getting some continuity. But I'm not really sure what to expect. You and I spoke about that that need or that opportunity for that hybrid forward third forward third option to emerge nobody did it last year if anything it was probably Patrick Cripps and he was a midfielder so it's not like Josh Honey doesn't have an opportunity to emerge it's just a matter of if and when it happens well those long-time watchers will remember that this is one of our first blue abroad boys and we were very hot on him um Josh Honey Josh Honey his best football is literally where Jack Martin and JSOS is. And we've talked about that position at length. JSOS brings the reliability and the consistency. Do you know what I mean? He sets the standard. A bit like Ed Kerner when he plays that role, you know what you're going to get. May not be world class, but it's more than serviceable. And that's all it needs to be. Jack Martin's probably the X factor. Josh Honey is definitely the guy that he just needs to get it right because he's got all them facets of football that you get excited about. And I love Josh Honey. Strong defensively, highly athletic, really clean. He, It's just getting it on the park. And he'll be one of these guys to show I'm consistent, even though I love Josh, probably in a temptress position now, because you can find players like this, 10 a penny yeah. in a draft. This yeah. is probably his go time. Even though he's young, he's been there long enough now to show some signs. And this rookie draft, there's a gentleman who was taking 10 picks after him called Brad Close, who has cemented himself in a flag-winning side. So it's possible. Do you know what I mean? It took Brad Close a while to get going. Josh Honey, this is probably make or break for him. It's just, it's just such an opportunity if a random player like this could emerge. Now, we know Josh Honey. He's not a random to us, but... It's not. I'm not. I'd be surprised if he, you know, had a season where he played 14 games and kicked 20 goals. I'd be surprised, pleasantly surprised. But knowing what we just said earlier in the show around the opportunities, and you don't know what's around the corner. You don't know what narrative is about to emerge. Um, does he have the talent? I think so. I don't. I don't. Uh, I probably don't see it as consistently as what others do who comment on him. And not to say that they're wrong, I just I'm just more moving towards this away from potential and more towards what is. Because you're right, we're now at a point where we don't rely on Josh Honey to become a star and become a, a contributor and like eventually kick 35 goals. He's either going to do it or he's not. We're at this point now where it's like if you're not going to do it, we'll go find someone that that can, who's younger, uh, who we can who we can invest our time into. But I. I I don't know. Is this the make or break? I think I don't think there's as much pressure on him this year as what there would be next year. And I don't know his contract status either. I think he's got one more year. I think this is his, he's got one year now. So, but it is go time. It's kind of like, all right, this is the list. You know, this is the the window now. He's with this group. This is it for the next five to seven, hopefully eight years. This is the window of whatever will be will be. So, you know, make your mark or don't. Yeah, and I think as Cowan fans, we're kind of clouded how D-listings work. Genuinely, if you're a normal football club, it's your shit older players. Mm. So 
usually your recycle theory is like, I'm not picking on him, but it's just an example of who's out of contract. Lockie Plowman's out of contract this year. So genuinely speaking, AFL clubs would delist a player like Plowman who are like, right, we know he's level and it's, it's okay. It's passable, let's say. He's second reserve. But I'd rather save 200K on re-signing him, get a kid in, pick 78. He'll be second reserve and plow two, three years in development, and we might find one. Josh Honey's in that situation where, especially now, so many kids are coming through the draft who look like Josh Honey. It's a shame, but he's 22 at the end of the year. So at the end of his contract, he's 22. And even no one's a bigger fan than Josh Honey than I am. I love the kid. But we are now a professional football club, and if we want to make the eight, you have to be cutthroat. You can't just keep saying, oh, God, it might. we might regret it. We won't regret Stocker. Why do I say that? Because 99.9% of people who delisted never make the grade at AFL level. So that is it. You only usually get one bite of this cherry, and there's 10 cases you'll name, thousands that fail. And this is it with Josh now. It's make a break for him because at the end of the day, why do you keep re-signing them when – if he's not going to do it now because of injury or whatever, you can't just hold that because it's not a position count and a dire need for. Do you know what I mean? It's not a dire need. You can find these. So I hope he goes well, though, because I absolutely love Honey. Remember him at Western Jets. He turned me on straight away. I remember doing the preview with you in the pub. One of my favourite players, do you know what I mean? I hope he does it. And I think he can. I think he can. But I think the pressure's there. Yeah. Good luck to him. Honestly, good luck to him. So those are the player previews for this evening. We will leave it there. There are a few more items on the agenda, so we're going to go over the hour. We've still got to play the higher-lower game. Um, we're going to talk about Oleg Markov. Um, I didn't forget. I just wanted to make sure that we had a, a nice uh, peak audience before we did. However, before we do that, I am pleased. Really, I am. I'm pleased to share with you a link. Uh, I'm going to put it in the chat shortly. Um we're doing a season launch for those who have joined after the start of the show. We're going to do a 2023 season launch uh, for the Blue Abroad Network. Uh, the link is now going in the chat. So grab them. Grab them while you can. Um, pleased to announce that it will be taking place on Saturday, the 11th of March, which is the Saturday right before round one on the Thursday. <clears throat> It's going to be taking place at North Seafood and Grill. Now, this is in Northcote. And for those who know who owns this place, it's Ange Christou. So he has uh, very generously offered up his, his, uh, his business premises for us to have a season launch event. So um, there are 50 tickets, well, 49 from what I can see now. Somebody's already purchased one. Um, there's 49 tickets available. Um, so... Those of you watching right now are the first 186 people to see this link. Hit the link. If you want to come, get your tickets. They're 25 bucks. Um, that'll cover your food and that'll cover the costs of running the event. Ange has to pay his staff uh, and things like that. Uh, drinks will be available to purchase at the bar there. And it's going to be great. We did it last year and it's really special, obviously coming out of the lockdowns the year before and, and whatnot, but it's, it's just we don't get a chance to meet each other like the season launch event. So um, really excited. It's a good way to catch up. 
with everybody and, and see everyone in real life. Um, it's weird. We, we kind of know each other, but we don't. A lot of us I know by your names and your, and your usernames, but I don't really know you personally. So um, I'm excited. And um, a big thank you to Ange for hosting us. Um, big thank you to Rocco for helping uh, organize it. He's the one that really got it across the line. Um, so the Jumper Punch boys will be there. Pommy will be there. Um, we're going to get as many people as possible. So get your tickets. I'm excited. It's going to be great. Should be good. Can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Hey, it was it was good last time at, at, at your Mars Cafe. I had fun there. Yes, I remember yes. it. I remember Helen, well. Mum and uh, Mum and Dad Dagani uh, are no longer at H. They sold H, so they're out of the out of the game. So uh, we had to find a new venue. But Ange was 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 very kind to offer his place up. Um, so yeah, get down, meet Ange. I don't want to promise, but I will tell you now, there will be some other notable names there who used to wear the navy blue. Uh, maybe we'll reveal them over the next few weeks. Um, so yeah, Aussie Nick, you are joining tickets for the Blue Abroad season launch event. So um, yeah, excited about that. Now, let's talk about Oleg Markov for a minute, maybe four minutes, maybe four minutes, just because it was news. Um, I go to open training on Friday. I think it was excited to see Oleg Markov because he was set to sign with us, according to Daniel Harford on his on his radio program. Thirty minutes into into training, I realize I realize there's no Oleg Markov. I actually thought Ben Ronk was Oleg Markov for a minute, and then we got the tweet that he decided to choose Collingwood. There's talk going on that he was he was asking for guarantees. And we couldn't give them to him, whatever. It's actually irrelevant. The facts are, he's no longer with us. He decided to go play with the Pies. Good luck to him. Fuck him. <laughs> you can't say good luck to him. He's chosen the Pies, mate. Fuck him. Wish him nothing but misery. I mean, nothing but misery. But nah, nah, nah. I mean, it, these things don't work out. Do you know what I mean? They don't work out. And, you know, if the rumours are true, he wanted... Uh, an extension for a second year in terms of playing things. Fair play to Nick Austin, if that's the tr truth, because why would you sign someone for two years when if Zach Williams is, when he's fit next year, when he's fit next year, why would you want four, five halfback flanks? He's, it's just a waste of 200, 300K on the list when we've got things to re-sign. So end of the day, well done, Nick, for sticking to your guns because there has been list managers in the past who would have probably relented in that. There's no one ahead of Oleg at Collingwood. Do you know what I mean? Collingwood do need that depth. So for him, it makes sense. But, you know, as soon as you choose another club than mine, fuck you. Couldn't give yeah. a shit. I had a chant for Oleg Markov. I already sorted as well. It was absolutely ripping because it just worked and it came to me in the car. Fuck him. He'll never see it. The chant will never see the light of day. Oh, well. I'll twist yeah. it. Gotta clarify something as well. I saw Gav getting some abuse. It wasn't Gav who said the Charlie Kerner contract thing. That was an insta thing that was passed off as fact. I know Gav asked the question on Twitter. Gav is a brilliant human being and I love him and he'd never get into rumors. It it was a lot of people at the time messaged me from Instagram showing me there was one of them leak pages who said that it was piggybacked into Kerno's thing. And I've seen it all over Big Footy as well. There's a big difference. Do you know what I mean? Asking the question, rumor mongering are two things Pom don't get behind. But no, nah, it wasn't Gav. 
Gav's a legend. Interesting. All right. Well, uh, that's awesome. Uh, glad we cleared that up. Twitter needs footy. That's what Twitter needs. Twitter, I think we all need it. Twitter is, uh, without the footy, we all go a little bit insane. Uh, it's oh, straight just up. Twitter needs to get fucked and just have some fun. I've seen Big Ben in here um, from the Hoops podcast, Ben Reeve. He tried to uh, say Tyson Stengel's the 1% that works when they're delisted. That mm-hmm. doesn't count, Ben. The AFL sacked him and he was already best 20. You can't count that, Ben. I love you. But Geelong didn't do well there. Geelong just were clever. Were clever. But nah, I'm Oleg Markov. I'll, I'll boo him. My promise to you, ladies and gentlemen, is I will boo every minute of that guy on a, on a watch along. Every minute. Well, we, uh, you know, we kind of get to see him play against us in 10 days. So that'll be interesting at Icon Park. Oh, I can't wait to sit with Lack Dog and heckle him. He's going to be like, ah, oh, it's only a preseason training game. Who's this pommy twat? Oh, oh my gosh. Hilarious. <laughs> okay. So it's time. We're going to play the game. It's time. We've got, we've, got, we've got to do it. So this is what we're going to do. What did we get last time? We got 15 last time. 15. Uh, Let's go 20. 20? All right. Ladies and gents, if you haven't seen this game, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. Uh, it's basically higher or lower. Who kicked the most goals in their career? Uh, let me just fix this up. I've got to set it up. Hang on. The mandate sounds easy, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, look, we've got John. We've got the gorgeous Lana's coming. Yeah. Oh, look, there's going to be some all-stars there. Tell you what, oh, screw yeah. the players. John and Lana are going. They're all-stars. John and Lana are going. I can see Kira's name here. Uh, there's a few Ooh. There's a few familiar names. I'll just put that link in one more time for those who want to get tickets to the Blue Abroad. I'm surprised Kira's going because according to her Instagram, she's on holiday every five seconds. Tell you what, <laughs> State League football must pay very well. She understands how to live a good <laughs> life, young Kira. No, she's a star. Okay, stand by. I'm just setting myself up. Hang on. All right. I can see the chat. Terrific. All right, ladies and gents, it's time to play the game. We're going to beat our top score. Let's go. Who kicked the most goals? Oh, no. We're going to start on zero two weeks in a row. (laughs) It makes total sense that it's Roughhead, doesn't it? Right? Yes. Based on the length of the career and the fact I'm going to offend Australians. I have never heard. Before Jack Titus, I would have thought that was the ringing in your ear. It's a long career, though. It's 17 years. I've, I've never heard of him. Yeah, I don't even know what he was. Uh, let's. <laughs> oh, oh, more people. We get a double Titus. chance, though. I'm going to trust John. I'm going to trust John. Yes, John. Well done, John. You're a star. Well done, Bugs Bell. You're a star. All right, Carousella. There's no way he kicked 970 goals. Good-looking guy, though, Blake, but it's got to be Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, give us 218. Oh, God. Nine years, and we know it was high scoring, that you'd only have to kick it, what, 25 goals a game? But also, like, there's no... Oh, God. Um... So you'd say... I'd say based on basic maths, it has to be Lindsay, but I don't even know who Lindsay White is. I don't know who he is either. Oh, God. White. Let's go. All right, yeah. great. Oh, see, look, the logic worked. Oh, 
I think Harry Valence was a serial goal kicker. You I believe he was. Serial killer. I believe. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that was a curveball. <laughs> I believe Harry Valence. Yeah. I believe I've seen this name. I, I've know. seen that name, and I'm hoping it's because of goal kicking. Well, he has a goal kicking photo, so let's just go there. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Okay. Right. We've got through the hard bit. I don't, I don't think, think Travis. I mean, he was he kicked a lot of goals, but I don't think he kicked seven hundred. I don't either. Yes. Ah, oh, the boys. Come I was going to say I couldn't remember him kicking five hundred. So, Adam Goods. He'd surely be around the four hundred mark. He would. This is a really trick question. Um. That's that's just brutal, though, isn't it? Like, Jesus. I'm trying to think if he got 500, but I don't think he did. I don't think Good's got 500. Oh, I feel like it'll be like 437 or 461. It's going to be cool. I reckon it's going to be absolutely squeaky bum time, this one. I'm going to go... It's a mixed bag in the comments. Yeah, that, that, that that's because they're probably trying to throw us. Do you know what I mean? But doesn't help us at all. Um, <laughs> no offense. I'm pretty sure, like, I, I'm I'm sure Good's got his 450 if in a Sydney game. Are you? Did he kick 450 after that? Did he kick any after that? Did he ever play as a forward? No. Goodsy. Yeah. He swung across high half forward, didn't he? He did. He swung. <sighs> you see, logic's telling me Goodsy, but that's because right. I love Goods. Let's go. Oh, oh, great. Okay, great. Um, Cummings was a a serial. No, he wasn't a serial goal kicker. He also played eight seasons, so this would be Goods, right? Surely, I mean, it throws you when they celebrate in the Ooh. in this picture. Yeah, yeah. Okay, oh, okay. it's got to be Jack Moriarty. Does it? <laughs> well, what I've noticed doing this is with you for the last three weeks is anyone before nineteen forty kicks an obscene amount of goals <laughs> a game, and based on that, it's what a nine eight year career, ten year, nearly a ten year career. He's only got to kick what thirty goals a game to beat that. Thirty goals a year. Asterisk okay. more than three forty nine. I'm gonna do it. See? Oh, terrific! It's 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 great. It's good fun. Pa Gareth, Pom you're Maths. a star for making this. Pom Maths. Jeff Farmer. Now he was a goal kicker, but did he kick six hundred and sixty two or more? It's a lot of goals, isn't it? It's when, a lot like of when goals. you think six six two is a lot of goals today. Like if you were a forward and you retired for ten years with six hundred and sixty, that's impressive. Yeah. Um, so my instinct years. says Jack. My instinct says Jack again. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I, every time there's an old guy, I'm sticking with the old guy. All right. See. Very good. Very old good. never fails. Oh, this is the one that screwed us up last week, wasn't it? Because we confused. Yeah, because I thought he was a coach and it was his brother. I have a feeling 
from my memory that Rocker kicked 471, but I could be totally off the mark there. It was it was that ridiculous like mid 400s. I had 460 in my head. So yeah. by that, right. it has to be Jeff Farmer. Oh. Is Rocker going to hurt us again? Let's go. Yes. Yes. Oh, jeez. The guy who invented this game, he, 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 he's an animal. Well, Presty was a backman, so there's no claim at all that he would have kicked more than Anthony Rocker, right? 14-year career versus a 14-year career, and one was a pure forward. So you would say it has to be Rocker, on it? All right. Okay. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> It's got to be Dick Harris, hasn't it? He's got to kick more than three goals, surely. Well, I mean, it was the 40s. Do you know what I mean? I'm pretty sure someone at fullback probably averaged 100 a year. Peter Dacos. Oh. So what? Thoughts? I know he kicked a lot of special goals, but I don't know if... I, I mean, I was I get the feeling that Dacos was like his sons. He just kicked goals that you remember. But yes. Dick Harris. Oh, but the, the chat is saying Dacos. Are they? Yeah. Oh, God. We're so close to the high score. Dacos. <laughs> but, but the name, it's Harris. <laughs> Anthony, he's shouting at me. It's Harris. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> That's not real. One goal. One goal. Our average is pretty good, though. 13, I'll take. Average is 13. I think that's a good benchmark. That is the ideal situation for Gareth, who created the game, to lose like that. That was just... <laughs> Can I just say... The fact that you've got Tom Papley, a guy that has wound me up on this year. The only person that could be worse is Stephen Cornelio, shirtless with Jaeger on a yacht. Oh, that That is such a good game that I could see having a few beers and playing for money. That's one of them games. <laughs> I could see a money situation occurring. I really want to play again, but I also want to be a man of my word. <laughs> so much fun that game I tell you should we play we again? should make this like a competition teams we should but i feel like we're going to learn and memorize the goals to be fair that unless my brain and it could be i'm getting old i've got kids i i think the only one that's ever repeated is rocker i can't remember any of the others popping up true all right shall we go one more yes or no for those who want to stick around and play one more round we'll let the chat do on. Chat. Are we doing it again? Did we call again? Are we doing it again? <laughs> if we hit 10k subscribers, we'll play again forever. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never leave. We'll never leave. This is our life now. All right. How many do we have? We've got so Matt's in, Peter's in, I've got loads. Con, yes, Anthony, Gavin, Lockie. All right. We have people want to play. All right. Let's play. Let's play. Fuck it. Let's go. I get mean nerves. Oof. Scott, the, the picture of senior. 
an injustice. It's, it's Gary, surely. Yeah. Yeah. Um that's Gary. Yeah. Good start. Oh. Oh, Brownie, we have had. We have. And, and from memory, would... it was less than we thought. But yeah. did we originally think that was less than Barry Hall? Seven forty-six is so many goals in modern day football. I, th- I think it is, isn't it? Where, where's your gut, Alia? Barry. Yeah, let's go. The the king hit specialist. <laughs> one of the greatest knockout punches you'll ever see. One, one of the best guys in a bar fight situation. Yeah, there we are. There we go. I remember yeah. it was less than we thought, Brownie. I couldn't remember what the figure was. Yeah, Clive. Oh. I feel like he he started hot. You know, this has to be Brown, right? Yeah, Brownie. I'm happy with Brownie. Yeah. Oh, this is good. 386 is a good number to play with. Fev, easy. Yeah. This is good. We like Very that. 600's right. a tough number, though. Boomer. Oh, boom. Yeah. Brent, so 400 games. Oh, yeah, 400 games. And you don't even need to what? kick? Did he kick over a goal a game? It's only two goals a game. I, I, I can't see him have been. I can't see him kicking more than Fev, but yeah, it would be close. It'd be close because of the amount of games. But I, I would say Fev. All right, let's go. Ooh, yeah, fair effort for five hundred and eighteen goals. Um, so, so Kennedy has had. He did kick five hundred, only he? he had his five hundred. Yeah. Yeah, and he definitely he's won a couple of Coleman's. Uh yeah, it's I'm sure he's I'm I'm sure five hundred was a couple of years ago as well, so surely he's banged eighteen since then. All right. Perfect. Yeah, that's a nice high number as well. There we are. David Neats. <laughs> Great name. It was, it was good. I don't know if he kicked more than seven hundred and twenty three goals though. He looks just quite like everyone who uh, delivered me milk as a kid. That looked like my local milkman. So I don't know if he was, but that did look, that does look the spitting double as my milkman. Surely, Josh. Uh, it's Josh. Yeah. Ooh. 6.31. That's that tricky one. Ooh. Oh, what was he? What was he? That was less. It was 500 something, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's right. We yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. Oh, Stevie Ooh. J. A few. I fifteen years. Yeah. He had a few goals. He did. He, he was. He was good, but he wasn't good from the very beginning. He took some time to get into the into the team. He had his off-field stuff. He missed a bit. He missed a bit of time. Yeah, I think it's Dacos. He was never the sole forward, oh, was he? God, that's close. No, but he was never the main forward. True, Dicky. What yeah. was he again? Dicky was an obscene number one. It from memory, it was like seven hundred or something. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, okay. Let's just. 
Peter McKenna. Okay, now it's tough. We're going to need some help. I've got a feeling McKenna kicked a lot of goals because Sweet Luke talks about him a few times on his show. True. Um, and I've heard them use that simile. He could be another McKenna. So I'd imagine Collingwood fans wouldn't say a good goal kicker is McKenna. But then again, Swoop Luke has told me Nathan Kruger is going to win a Coleman. Yeah, true. He did say the Kruger is. <laughs> so so that, that could be it. But I'd go McKenna. McKenna. All right, let's go. Go on. Oh, oh wow. That's, that's impressive. Yeah, it's can't this be. Is me. Yeah, he'll, he'll be nowhere near eight seventy four. Yeah, great. Okay, hey, all right, we're inching close. Oh, we're inching closer. This is easy, right? Wayne Carey, yeah, no problem. Carey's got we've got like. Okay, seven, yeah. here we go to tie the record from last week. Oh, yeah, oh. they've given us a gimme. All right, come on. Yeah. All right, here we go to beat the record. Oh, yeah. they've given us a layup. We want twenty. Okay. We're at world record pace here. Yeah. Valance. Dull was like, what? Backman, so no yeah. chance. 22, right. that's a dream. That is a dream. Cloak in your car. I'll say this now. The witchcraft in me, whatever we finish on is Carlton's wins for the year. Sauce kicked a couple of goals. He did, but did he Not kick four. 450 from fullback? for his predominant career. It's a lot of goals. It is a lot of goals. When you fall back of the century. It's Cloak. Come on. Yeah, okay. 202. You know what? When he went two and then went to three, I was like, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) This is for the 20th. Michael O'Loughlin. Jesus. He was... He surely kicked more than 200 goals. I'm going to go out on a limb here and just go for it. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, fullback of the century for like the predominant of your career. You can't pass. Oh, Lindsay White. What was he? Uh, it was an obs- I'm sure it was that horrible like 580 or something. <sighs> but we got 20. So we did. everything to give me from here. Well, let's not get all Carlton and complacent. Let's keep pushing. No, I want to set the benchmark for when Paolo's on, so he's got beat. True, true. <laughs> um, Lindsay White was, it was a high number. Yeah, it, it, it was, was that obscure number. I'm sure it was like the highs. Yeah, there you are. God, I said, bad. what, 551? I wasn't bad. Yeah. Oh, Doug oh. Wade. Um, Jesus, look at the head on Doug. He <laughs> looks like an extra from the Carry On movies. <laughs> Doug Wade. Uh, I've got nothing on this guy. We're going to need some help. He looks Gavin like he's playing and... high half forward. So if you were playing in the sixes at high half forward, I'd imagine you would have kicked a bucket. John, Fab, Tim, Mighty Blues are all saying Doug. Like, I mean, and these guys, all right. I'm Man of the people. Oh, <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> no problem. Sorry, we thought about it. Yeah. Uh, Bartlett. Give is he in the it's thousand? It's got to be Doug Wade, doesn't it? I don't think. Did KB kick a thousand? I think he might have. Did he? Well, maybe he was the eight in the eight hundreds. All right, we'll go with Doug. I'll give the boys a few minutes to let us know because we've got no idea. I think Wade, yeah, but no, I, I don't think that. Kevin Bratton went over a thousand. Yeah. Oh, great, great. 
Ooh. Jarman. Is he a seven? He, he liked a snag, but did he like 700 snags? Yeah, I don't quite think so. Like, he's not in the conversation of great forwards, is he? That's no, my theory. Not. True. True. I've heard KB in the forward convo. I've never heard anyone go, oh, Darren Jarman was the best key forward in the world. Yeah, this is easy, Richo. Wow, yeah. we are flying, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, look at, I said this is how many games Carlton are going to win. Maybe they go back to back. This is an interesting question. I feel like we should know Sticks' goal-kicking figures <laughs> off the top of our head, and I feel bad that I don't. I don't think he kicked 800. Well, he came to he came to AFL or VFL as it was then a bit later, didn't he? As well, because he yes. was in Adelaide. Yes, that'll kill him. Richo yeah, played I, I, sixteen years. I think so. it's Richo. Yeah. Oh, okay. Very good. Yeah, like this. We're good at this. Pav, uh, is it? No, I'm just trying to think. Pav, how many goals did he kick? Oh, I don't think he kicked as many as sticks, but I think he might be close. Well, he was the only goal kicker for, like, what, the entire noughties. True. True. He was a forward mostly. He only played midfield towards the back end, I think, of his career. But I will go with my theory. 80s, 90s football is easy compared to anything else. So I would say sticks. Oh, and I'd be right. All right. Very good. There's no... Uh, Rough Ed... Yeah, Rough Ed killed us, didn't he? It was, like, really shit. Yeah. There we are. Oh, could we get 30? Oh. Bill Hutchinson, who looks remarkably like proof that Essendon have cheated because he looks remarkably like a very young Herdy. <laughs> uh, 15 years in the league. I don't know what position he played. I don't know anything about him. Connie saying it was Bill. Yeah, I was going to say, in the 40s, though, like even fullbacks kicked 100 goals a year. So has to be Bill. Big Bill Hutch. The hunch dog. I might give it 15 more seconds, Gavin. <laughs> he has that ugly Essendon head. Yeah, honestly, that is proof that they've been drug they've been drug dabbling for a while. They've just learned cloning. If you told me All that right. was Herdy's dad, I'd believe you. Uh, I'm gonna are we going with Bill? Got we're going with Bill. Johnny's saying that Billy was a mid. Bugs says that Bill was a star. I was really he a star that kicked 579 goals? Oh, True. My. If he was a midfielder, then... Roughhead Dion. De Dion's coming from nowhere. He's either Dion's trying to hot on Roughhead. He's either trying to make us lose, though. Yeah. Uh, no, guys, we're all on the same team. We, we're all on the same team. Put my soul on Ruffy. All right, oh, Dion. Mate, oh, okay. Is it a stitch up? Is it not? Mate, Let's find mate, out. If you've stitched us up, well played. Oh, thank you, Dion. Well done, mate. Thank you very much, Dion. This is that horrible number, though. Four hundreds are horrible because midfielders do it nowadays. I'm going to say Warren Treadray kicked 500 goals. Well, I mean, he wore the glove as seen yeah. in that picture. I knew that. So you've got to kick over 450 to wear the glove and have respect. Let's do it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 30. 30. Wow. 
Oh, Dermy was lower than we thought. Yeah, I feel like Dermy was in the low 400s or 450s. Yeah, I was going to say, I had 496 in my head. All right, that's enough for me to go Warren. Yeah, nice. Oh, there we are, 464. I knew it was way lower than we thought. Yeah. Garrick has to be because he's kicked 100 in a season, right? Surely. We'll let everyone yeah. catch up. The St. Kilda legend, surely. <laughs> the G train. G train. Has to be. Yeah. This is crazy. This is this is a uh, crazy. Akka's that player though, isn't he? He's like, is he gonna kill us like Dacos because he kicks famous goals? Yeah. I don't That's think still I would... back phrase. I think I would too. Yeah. Yeah. God, we're good at this. Yeah. Oh, what was Blake? We had him. Yeah. I feel <laughs> like I should memorize the numbers and then I'd be really good at this game. Um. Oh, God, what was it? I, I can't even remember if it was mid or low. I have three something in my head. but Same. I Same. All right, let's go, Akka. I have three in my head as well. It wasn't even. Oh, okay, All cool. Right. Lee. That's easy. Lock it in. Lock it in. Wow, that's a lot of goals. That's wow. that's good as well. Yeah. Oh, oh Jack. wait. Jack was... Thousand. He was, wasn't he? He was 1K. He was. No, he wasn't. What are we doing? <laughs> oh, no. Well, we got Ed Kurnow's number. Yeah. That was good. Oh, that was... Look at that. Really, hey, anyway, that actually is what got Adam Goods. We rushed. I, I rushed that. I, I should have just waited, and I'm sure somebody would have reminded me it was Lee. <sighs> there we are. Look at that, though. 35. That is a benchmark and a half. 35 as well, Josh. I said that's how many games count on a win, so look forward to 35 games in a row. That was heaps of fun. Also, ironic... This image of Goodsy is him. Actually, he's doing this at a Carlton game. I'm pretty sure Buddy kicked uh, eight or ten goals that day on us that night. <laughs> Can I just say, just quietly, Adam Goods was one of my favourite players. Like, yeah, yeah. Favourite players. Like, I, I, I love Goodsy. And I, I frothed the little bit of the dance as well. I, I remember it annoyed me at the time, but I, I kind of... I'd like to see a little bit more arrogance from players like that. It, it fired me up. Yeah, no, that was that was good. I think there was uh, there was an inference that he was pretending to throw a spear. I remember at the time, and like some of the fans were taken, were, took offense to it, and I was like, like it's it was indigenous round from memory as well. Yeah, it was. It was um, the Doug Nichols round. Yeah, honestly, yeah. that is. I don't know if anyone in chat has. I faced the hacker twice. Once. I was welcomed onto a Marai in New Zealand and they did a welcome hacker. And But when I was under 14s, we played a New Zealand touring side. So they did the hacker. And I'll tell you what, it, it's a weird experience because you can feel the energies rise in them. So I kind of liked it from goods. Do you know what I mean? Because it pumped him up as well. He was like brilliant for like the next quarter, wasn't he? It really fired him up and it set the ground alight, didn't it? I remember... It just, the, the ground rose, didn't it, from him? It did. It did. Um, all right. I'm going to put the link in one more time. We've got 
14 tickets gone, just like that. So uh, get down to the Blue Abroad season launch Saturday, the 11th of March. Thanks for playing along. That was that was one of the more fun shows we've done. That was great. That uh, I'll tell you what, there is actually a bit of pressure in that, isn't there? You start yeah. to feel it. Yeah. If you're listening to this after the show on the audio podcast, I hope it makes sense when we're playing the game, uh, but we'll see. Uh, Pommy, see you throughout the week. Ladies and gents, have a great evening and uh, go Blues. Go Blues.